0: Welcome to a fragmented edition of 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff. It's episode 94, and we are back from the land of Kalakwa. If you didn't attend church retreat this past weekend, we missed you. But you missed out on a fun-filled weekend with your church family. But hey, there's always next year. Before we get started, last week we finished our two-part series, Lessons from Rembrandt where we decided that may the word of complaint be raised about us as Christians, or more importantly, as the Florida Hospital Church, that these people welcome sinners and eat with them. Imagine that. Imagine if that was the complaint about FHC. You can watch and listen to both the online message and last week's podcast. Leave your feedback. All that can be done in the Hospital Church mobile app or at our website, hospitalchurch.org. But the app is definitely the easiest way to get to everything that you need. So on to this week and the Not really a new series, but we're just going to take a look back at the Florida Hospital Church Retreat. And the theme this year was Room at the Table with a special guest speaker, Lisa Diller. This was this past week on March 17th. And this week when we got back to the church, we realized that gear had not been yet unpacked. That equipment that we normally use to tape the podcast was not ready to go. Church Retreat is a big undertaking for everyone involved on staff. And hey, even for those of us that attended and brought your family along, you know that it was a serious undertaking on our part as well. But given the fact that everything was not quite back to normal, we decided to try something new. So I am recording the podcast in my home studio And Jeff and Andy sent in responses to their overall thoughts on the weekend and to some questions that I had prepared as normal for the podcast and sent them via their phones. So the audio quality is going to sound a little different than normal, but we're going to try to get to everything as normal as we can. So the theme of the weekend, again, was room at the table. And it really resonated with me as she began to lay out what we were going to talk about, and really it, it boiled down to how we as Christians, and maybe more importantly or more pointedly to us as the Florida Hospital Church family, how are we striving to include or be inclusionary with those that we come in contact with? She started out by saying, The greatest resource of our church is our fellowship and relationships. People are starving for connections real welcome, real synergy with others we have things in common with. We should assess all church activities with their impact on how welcoming and hospitable they are. And I really felt that the message pointed to and supported the FHC vision statement that we will be a church without walls, fully engaged in serving the people of our community. And in order to do that, we have to be inclusionary. And as far as what we were talking about this weekend, we also have to be in fellowship and we have to have relationships. And she went on to say, we should think about everything we do as a church as an extension of hospitality. So right now I'm going to go to Jeff's comments as kind of an overall view, kind of an overview of the weekend and kind of what this message um, or how this message resonated with him. So here's Jeff.
1: So um, Lisa's topic this weekend was was an interesting topic because it brings about you know a lot of different feelings about things like this, especially for those people who would consider themselves to be members or people that have been you know part of the church for a while. We we need to be reminded of these things to make room at the table for people uh, who may be on the fringes, who may be marginalized, and uh, and so we. We take it upon ourselves to slide on over uh make room at the table, but there's that feeling of well, wait a minute, um, how come I have to you know give up my seat, how come I have to move over and uh when I was here, you know on time or early or whatever, but there is this there's this side of things uh that we kind of go, well, wait a minute, how come I can't be treated like that person? I've been a member here long enough and how come there's special treatment for them? It's the, you know, it's the same older brother in the prodigal son story. But um, I was actually, actually in a, uh, in the foyer overhearing a conversation about uh, somebody, we had just put out these cups, they're FHC cups with our logo on them. And, and I think there were gifts inside, they were kind of wrapped in cellophane. There was a, I think a gift card to Starbucks and a bunch of cool little things in there. And and one of the members came up to the receptionist and they said, Hey, how can I get one of those cups? And uh, the receptionist said somewhat curtly. uh, Well, those, those are for our guests. And the member said, well, I want to be a guest then. (laughs) And I think that's sort of the idea is how come we're treating, and you kind of get that same feeling when you're, you know, when you get these advertisements from T-Mobile or Verizon, you know all the guests get all the special treatment, all the first timers. But where's you know where's my privilege? How come I don't have those kind of of perks? And uh, and I think we have to we have to look at this. We have to look at it from the standpoint of what it means to be a member. What it means to be uh, a part of God's home, a part of His household, His kingdom. And uh first of all I think we have to think about it from the standpoint of God's abundant. He is he he is someone whose grace never runs out, his resources uh he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. So so his kingdom is is certainly not limited. We are serving a God who is abundant God, who is gracious. That's what actually prodigal means that God is lavish when he is willing to give us uh, whatever, whatever we ask, and we just need to understand, first of all, that peace to God. But the other part, the second part, I think is what Lisa covered, and I think it's important for us to know, and what the older brother in that prodigal son story didn't realize was not only is God's love great and, and is and, and is he prodigal, in other words, is he lavishly willing to to spend and expend everything on us. But it's, it's a huge piece to, for each of us who sit at the table to have those that are marginalized, those that are different from us, those that came from different walks of life. And how beneficial it is for us to be a part of their lives, to be able to uh, have them speak into our experience and, have, and ours to theirs. So our lives become enhanced. Uh, we become better people. Uh, we grow, and because we we never do uh, any of that without a community, we grow, we change, we become um, better people because of living our lives within a community. And so uh, no one grows in a vacuum. So we have to realize that allowing room at the table is not only giving them a blessing, but it's also providing something for us As those of us who have been there uh, before them, uh, we get a chance to, to see God's grace in action. We get to expend it, but we also get a chance to be blessed by these people. So I think it's an important piece for us, too, that we have to look at. That's the other side to making room at the table.
0: I love the fact that Jeff used the cell phone company analogy where once you've been under contract with XYZ Cellular Carrier, then all of a sudden the deals just go away. We don't have deals anymore. Those are only for our new customers or our guests, as it were in the story that Jeff talked about. And I think we can all resonate with that. We all want to be a part of the next great thing or the next special group. So, Andy took a different approach and he went through and tried to speak specifically to the questions and the outline that I had prepared as normal. And so we'll go through a little back and forth with what Andy thought about the overall theme and some of the questions that came up as a result. So, here's Andy.
2: Well, Randy, it's a great quote. The greatest resource of our church is fellowship and relationships. And then we got to we got to evaluate everything by figuring out if it's welcoming and hospitable. But really, I mean, it seems like that's really baseline to a church. Are we really going to be connected to each other? Are we really going to be open to welcoming people? Are we really going to be hospitable to them when they arrive?
0: The first thing I always think of when the words hospitality and church are mentioned together is potluck. I mean, who doesn't love a good meal with friends? But This is way more than a meal or a church picnic, what we're talking about here. And she referenced Luke 14, and starting in verse 12, it says, Then he turned to his host. When you put on a luncheon or a banquet, he said, Don't invite your friends, brothers, relatives, and rich neighbors, for they will invite you back, and that will be your only reward. Instead, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. Now, that sounds really good as a Christian, or something that we think should sound good to us as Christians. Invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. But, essentially, you know, food requires planning, costs money, and it's really often just a thankless endeavor that you embark on when you're going to entertain. So... I wonder sometimes that if we are surprised that excuses are so plentiful for not inviting people into our lives, is it really any wonder why we don't do it more often or we don't do it better than we do? But then we move on to the reason that verses 12 and 13 laid out this way. Verse 14 said, Then at the resurrection of the righteous, God will reward you for inviting those who could not repay you. And then you have your aha moment and think, oh, that's why I'm supposed to be doing this.
2: It seems like too often times there's this like social contract that, oh, so-and-so had us over, so we need to have them over. And so it really is really interesting to think about inviting people over that aren't able to have you over in return, to really be giving away uh, your hospitality, be able to
0: do that in a way that you expect nothing back in return. That really seems so countercultural to what we live and what we're exposed to every day in society. And I think maybe that's why my favorite thought from Lisa's message came in this statement. She said, we need to be welcoming even if someone will never join our church, but also provide our welcoming and hospitality that enables people on the fringe should that be what they're seeking and desiring, meaning a place to be or to join our church family. And as someone who has lived on the fringe for years or the fringe of church for years and at times almost challenged God to show me one good person in a church or the church or any church that would miss me if I wasn't there— Not just in person, once a week, in the shallow, hey, how are you, that make everyone uncomfortable if you actually answer, other than, oh, I'm okay. And terrified, if you dare to be honest. But someone that would really miss me the person. This is something that I struggled with for a long, long time. And this Authenticity 101, which seems to raise the stakes from welcoming and hospitality to This requires me to be out of my comfort zone, dealing with major issues and social problems that if I ask someone truly, how are you doing, I should really be doing it with the intention of getting a response that might be fairly ugly, fairly dark, fairly human, right? How do we find the empathy when it may not be something that comes natural to us?
2: You know, it's really interesting that you talk about someone one real person in the church really missing you not just noticing you weren't there how do we do that how do we train ourselves not just to be aware and i think oftentimes we'll notice that someone hasn't been around we haven't seen them but then to move to the next step and actually make contact reconnect open ourselves to some hospitality for them and to really explore the fact that that they aren't there so that, even though we may miss them if we don't tell them they don't know they've been missed i'm I'm reminded of people that will come to church and stand off in a corner a little bit by themselves and then mention that no one spoke to them as opposed to those who come and make efforts to engage it's It's really interesting to be hospitable doesn't mean all that responsibility lies upon the person extending the hospitality. There has to be an openness, a willingness to be approached. There has to be a willingness to be engaged, and all those kinds of things. We can we can exclude ourselves and not allow hospitality to reach us, or we can be people who are open to hospitality as well. So the, really, the, the burden lies on both sides. Um, but really, those of us in the church have a special calling and a special burden to do everything that we do in a welcoming and open way. There is room at the table uh, that was the theme for the weekend, that there's room at the table for everyone. And how do we make that reality uh, and not be exclusive or, or exclusionary to other people?
0: I completely agree with Andy here in that it really takes two to tango. Both sides have a responsibility or a need to be engaging and open enough to receive, even at the parts of ourselves that are awkward and don't know what to say, not sure what to do, what's appropriate, what's not appropriate. Both sides have to be willing to open ourselves up enough to allow any type of conversation or any type of common ground to surface that we can start moving forward and put ourselves on a path to knowing each other better and really becoming friends, becoming family. One of the unique parts of her message dealt with what she called our margins and privileges. And she said, the distance we put ourselves from the poor lowers our ability to be hospitable and welcoming. The least of these have always been the best at hospitality. She followed that up with, our margins and privileges are all different. So how do we match those strengths and weaknesses of those we need to be welcoming and hospitable to, to our own? Strengths and weaknesses. And maybe the most difficult is transitioning someone from a guest, so to speak, to be included as a member of the family. And historically, church hasn't gotten this right nearly enough. So, what can we do better as a church family to be more inclusionary?
2: I think one of the things that we can do to be more inclusionary is to just lay down the burdensome burden of having to be right, of having to win. If we can recognize that it's okay for us to be wrong, it's okay for us to not necessarily win our point, and just to enjoy people and welcome them and share with life with them, even if sometimes we agree to disagree. In relationship to privilege, I thought that Lisa said something really good in the afternoon uh, about the fact that whether we have great benefits or whether we don't have great benefits in our lives, privileged or disprivileged, maybe, uh, that it's not our fault, but it is our responsibility. In other words, all the privileges in my life are not my fault. Somebody did them for me. It's not something that I necessarily did. And and then, uh, no matter whether I've had privilege or not had privilege, now, today, what I do with that is my responsibility.
0: Well, apparently it makes no difference whether we're all together sitting around in the same studio talking or whether we're doing this in pieces and parts. We are quickly, as always, running out of time. We did not have a FHC takeaway this past week because of church retreat, but I was thinking that this week would be a great week to make a new friend. So send me an email or a text and let's go get a cup of coffee this week or the next and Even if we already know each other, let's continue the journey and see where it leads. If you have someone else that you've been wanting to get to know better and haven't for whatever reason, take this opportunity to let God make room for one more at your table. You can leave me a voicemail or a text at 407-965-1607 or send an email to podcast at hospitalchurch.org.
2: That's a great idea, Randy, to be able to just make a new friend this week. I like your invitation uh, to have get together and have coffee and just maybe share breakfast or lunch or something and get acquainted with someone new. Our temptation is always to do it with the people with whom we're most comfortable. But we can be brave, people we've become acquaintances with at church, to be able to just call them up or speak to them on the weekend and and plan to engage a little more so we can Go a little deeper and share life a little more.
0: Our closing thoughts are from the end of Lisa's message where she said, if everything has to be perfect in order to welcome and invite someone into our community, it will never happen. It will never become part of our church's culture either. Jesus invites everyone into his welcome. Will we do the same? So Andy, what's up for this week?
2: Well, this next week, uh, we're going to be able to enjoy having Dan Jackson, he is the president of the North American Division of Seventh Day Adventists. He'll be here because they're having a Seeds Conference on Friday night and all-day Sabbath, and you're welcome to come join us. Uh, He'll be uh, sharing the sermon at both the 9:30 and 11:30 time. I mean, 9:30 and noon times. So um, come out and be with us this weekend, or if you can't be here in person, join us online.
0: All right, that's going to do it for this week and this special segmented episode. Thank you as always to Andy and Jeff and Tom and do join us again next Wednesday for episode 95. So thanks for listening and let's talk again next week.